0: Welcome back to humanity. Now you get to die. With America's thirstiest podcast, the Pod People, I'm a thinly veiled Holocaust metaphor, Matisse Van Rossum.
1: Daybreak. Daybreak forever. I'm Ben Sheets.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm not a daybreaker, but I sure am a windbreaker. I'm Cleveland Mosier.
0: And you would not believe how bad it smells in here with all the wind that Cleveland's been breaking. It's true. <laughs> this week, on the newest episode of our fine podcast, uh, it was my choice. And uh, I pulled a weird one. <laughs> Uh, a film that I, despite myself, uh, find myself thinking about a lot. (laughs) Um, The film that we're going to be talking about is the 2009 vampire flick Daybreakers uh, (laughs) written and directed by the Spearig brothers, whoever they are, and uh, starring Ethan Hawk, Willem Dafoe, Sam Neill, and uh, some other people who could not be troubled to act their way out of a wet paper bag this film invites you to imagine a future where the world is ruled by vampires and people are hunted down like cattle to be farmed to get their shit sucked their blood yeah and other things you never know i <laughs> do we watch different movies <laughs> maybe so like i said i i think until I decided to uh, pick this movie for the podcast. I don't think anybody other than me has thought about this movie since 2009.
1: Probably not. Uh, I forgot that this movie existed. I hadn't seen it before this, and I feel like I, I saw a trailer or two when it was first coming out, but forgot about it entirely.
0: I think you and the rest of the world. And I don't think that uh, people are wrong to do so. Um, the fact that I think about this movie a lot is due to an acute type of brain sickness uh, that I haven't quite been able to pin down. But I, <laughs> I fully expected going into this to be this film's sole defender on this podcast uh, I will acknowledge off the bat, it's not a very good film. No, it's shite.
1: Uh, <laughs> and, I thought it was pretty good, actually. Well, that's,
0: that's, <laughs> that's the thing. I know Cleveland had seen it before uh, and was not all that enthusiastic about rewatching it. Uh, but it was uh, a first watch for Ben. And after we watched it, I was pleasantly surprised that you both weren't... Uh, furious at me for picking no, this movie no you know
2: what okay so the last time I saw it was like high school and yeah uh, the
0: last time I saw it was in 2009
2: in the theater yeah and I thought it was dumb then uh but you know now and you're
0: not wrong no no I
2: <laughs> high school me was not wrong for once but now I still think it's dumb but I do think it's dumb fun that part holds up quite well. Like it's it's fun to make, it's
1: fun to make fun of. Like, yeah, I think I, I had a good time. I think it. at its core, you know, the the it's biggest just... problems with it are it's convoluted head ass writing. You know, but outside of that, you know, you have some great actors in it giving pretty fun performances. You know, Willem Dafoe Ish. is uh, is fun. Sam Neill is fun. Sam
0: Neill is fun. Sam I, Neill hands uh, it up,
1: but Willem
2: Dafoe kind of phones it in. He kind of Willem Defones it in.
0: I don't think he has a whole lot to work with, uh, and I, I do think this is definitely one of Ethan Hawke's Blander performances, but I don't think that any of it is because the actors are bad. I just don't think they have a great script to work with. Yeah, And I think it's hard to deliver most of these lines with any kind of legitimate conviction. <laughs> We're the
1: guys with the crossbows. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, uh, well, one thing, you know,
1: even though the writing is pretty bad like i do think a lot of the world building is pretty well thought out and fun
2: i think i think this is a huge talking point i think i think we're going to be on this bit for a moment yeah like and it's worth it
0: i think it's a good place to start because i i think that this movie does do a pretty good handful of things quite well uh and Mm -hmm. i think that the vast majority of those would fall under the larger umbrella of world building uh, I think that conceptually, this film is very cool. It takes place in uh, 2019 when a vampire pandemic has spread around the world. Ah, uh, yes, the, and, the uh, near
2: future of 2019.
0: <laughs> well, at the time, it was 10 years in the future from when the movie was <laughs> released, so it was a it was a not so distant future. If only they had been one year later than there would have been a, a, a pandemic parallel oh, if wow. uh, only they that? had
1: avoided the bat soup <laughs> one more yeah. reason oh
0: i forgot that we were gonna oh. make that joke no. That's a good
2: one. one more reason uh or one yeah one more instance of this film coming so close to being great it's another pick a lane situation where this movie like in better hands could have been a legitimate masterpiece an amazing allegory yeah. for the destructiveness of like capitalistic greed vampires are great for metaphors and this one like conceptually like is is uh knocking at the door of social commentary like well, like it's 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 almost there and
0: uh when when we also did
2: also it's got some really dumb shit as well yeah. and like it, if it had just leaned into that some more it could have just been a really dumb fun movie
0: when when we did our episode on Dawn of the Dead a few weeks ago, I brought up the idea of zombies existing as a bourgeois fear of the proletariat and vampires as a proletarian fear of the bourgeoisie. Uh, and I think that this film is actually a really good example of the second half of that because I think that... <laughs> While it's not necessarily subtle... No. Um, Ham-fisted, even. In, at times, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I think that sort of the the examination of vampirism as a disease being a metaphor for capitalism is pretty effective in this movie.
1: Yeah. And one of the things I really appreciated about the vampire stuff is, like, I feel like a lot of times traditionally in vampire movies vampires are kind of the outside sect yes infiltrating you know human society and in this one it's it's a vampire society and so you get some interesting play with like the main character Ethan Hawke you know he works at a laboratory trying to you know create artificial blood yes. and it's like very corporate minded and very hierarchical
0: exactly the world that we find ourselves in in this film is one that is unsustainable the film begins at sort of the the end of a worldwide blood shortage because there are so few natural humans left and there are billions of vampires in the world and they all need blood to survive and thrive so of course Much like capitalism, it is unsustainable in the fact that what it requires to continue to exist, the labor of, of working class people, uh, when when you completely strip that down to nothing, then the whole thing sort of collapses in on itself, well, right? And it's and, fun too,
2: because like large companies, they do burn through people yes. in the same way. So like they also view humans as a, as a, well, as a, a resource. Race.
0: Exactly, yeah. yeah. And you know, we, we see some of that in the world building of this film in that one of my favorite aspects of the world building is that blood deprivation or feeding off of vampire blood results in you mutating into what they call in the film subsiders, which are just basically uh, big bat people.
2: Nosferatu. Nosferatu, yeah. yeah. They, uh, they,
0: there's, by being deprived of what you need to live, you are being dehumanized. You become subhuman. You become something less. And through that subhumanization, it makes it easier for the people on top to justify exterminating the subhumans, right? There
2: are a lot of parallels here to the video game uh, Vampire Masquerade. So the original game, as I know they're 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 coming up on the sequel, or it's already, is it already out? I, it's been I in production remember. hell
0: for like a decade. Yeah, I don't um, know if it's ever going to happen,
2: but uh, it's pretty close now, from what I understand. Um, if it's not out, it's been a while since I tuned in. But anyway, I the original, so. which I can I I do know uh, a bit about. I haven't played, but I've like watched a lot of playthroughs of it it's janky but it has some incredible ideas in it and for as janky it is as it is it's also very deep not like intellectually deep but like mechanically deep uh and you know there are some some fun ideas one of them is like there are vampire hierarchies and like on the lower end of the chain are like the nosferatu-esque vampires which are more ghoulish and uh live in the sewers and you know can't really uh be um, out and about whereas you can play like one of the more like business like vampires and uh, you know be more charismatic and like you know walk amongst the populace who doesn't
0: and, want to be a business vampire i mean mm-hmm. i don't know like
2: it is pretty appealing that you can like change so differently between classes in the game and be a business vampire but also just be like a dirty rat eating vampire that like hangs out in like filth it's cool being able to choose like it's just like, like real life exactly. yeah you can choose if,
0: if you want to be a member of the ruling class or eating rats in the sewer the simulation
2: is real <laughs> and uh yeah um i thought i'd bring it up because like the the game does some similar things with like capitalistic vampires and all the rest but uh this movie yeah it has it has some fun ideas with that yeah where you essentially when you run low on blood you become feral yes
1: yeah. and it certainly does get corny or ham-fisted at times like i think about most of the time the, the literal blood bank they have, which was clever at first, but the fact that, you know, rich people are pulling their stock out of the blood bank. It, it's a bit I, silly. I've got my hands up right now. I actually really love that it's, idea. It's
0: ham fisted, but I, I also like that idea it's, too. Like it's It's dumb as shit, but it's great. It's not it's not subtle, but also, you know, like there is something kind of visually striking about like these these just, like, pillars of comatose human beings, like, being drained of their blood slowly, uh, very Matrix-like, yeah. uh, and, like, yeah, it, it's not subtle. No, much like the know? Matrix, and, you know, it,
2: it, it isn't, I, I just, I, I also kind of wish that, like, they'd leaned in more into, like, the, the vampire aesthetic. It's so, like, capitalistic like it, it would have been cool if like the the main building that like sam Neill's, like you know is ahead of look kind of gothic like it was like a gothic skyscraper or something but that's probably too much budget yeah whatever.
0: and i mean also it just it wouldn't make sense you know that's that's old world european vampire stuff like a, a count living in his castle but like this is this is inviting you to imagine what if uh in the span uh, in the course of like 10 years or so everybody just became vampires mm-hmm. and it's the stuff that's cool in this movie is seeing how just normal Ass life is adapted to vampirism. I'm
2: just, I'm just picturing this movie if like Guillermo del Toro had directed it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think del I think Toro would have made stylish. way, Little made
1: thing. it way more campy, and I don't know if I'd necessarily like that. You know, I think totally, I would compare this movie to like. Dark City, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Except I think Dark City nails the, the blend of campy silliness with. Dark City's a
0: better film. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. The
1: mm-hmm. strong ideas, less clumsily than this movie. But I think there's enough attention to detail that it kind of rises above your standard schlock fare.
0: I think there's a lot of cool aesthetic and design decisions in this movie, too. It just, like, lends credence to, like, the amount of world-building thought that was put into it, which I do think is where they put the majority of their effort because it sure wasn't into the story where they, where they <laughs> put their work. Uh, but I think of stuff like, at the beginning, having like, the the roving uh, like street gangs, but they're all their children, and they're in like track suits and like smoking cigarettes because if you become a vampire as a child, you never grow up. In fact, that's the first scene in the movie is is a, a young vampire girl committing suicide by going outside in the daytime. After leaving the suicide note, I, I think they could have just shown her writing the note and shown her leaving it, and it would have done enough. But we have to like zoom in on like key phrases like "never grow old," <laughs> yada yada, in case you don't get what's yeah. happening. Yeah, but stuff like that. Uh, I love the cars. The car you know, during the day with the de- the the full blackout daylight windows, yeah. and they pop out like cameras and stuff, so yeah. you can get three sixty. That's super view. fun. The tunnels that connect like the sky skyscrapers together
2: mm-hmm. um, with kind of bad matte paintings like oh i mean
0: run. yeah the the effects a lot of the effects in this movie have aged quite very quite badly. Yeah. it's like very very late 2000s uh cg that yeah just does, does not look great um but I think the ideas are cool. The network of tunnels that they build under the entire city so people can I think they call it the subwalk system. Mm-hmm. Uh so you can walk around this and they connect oh, all the I buildings. Oh, I missed that. That's that is fun. <laughs> And like they even go so far as to like to connect to people's houses. Because yeah. later at the end we see uh when when the the vampire stormtroopers come after Ethan Hawk, he flees into uh he and Willem Dafoe flee into the, the tunnels through his house. So like all of those ideas I, I think uh are are really cool. It's a little bit goofy, but I also do really like that all of the vampires have like orange glowing eyes. I think that's uh, <laughs>
1: That's a little too much for me it's a little, honestly
0: it's a little edgy uh but you know like it appeals to like the goth teen in me you yeah. know <laughs> i'm glad that they use that
1: as part of you know the story and yeah. it wasn't purely aesthetic, so I give it a bit more of a. It pass makes it, it, makes of it that. easy
0: to differentiate the humans from the vampires, I which mean, is very
1: important in the yeah. movie.
0: Like, yeah. it is, it is. It is. You,
2: you do need to be able to distinguish them like quickly
0: without like the the pointy teeth. Yes. Yeah, there there needs to be some, and like I I think the shot at the very beginning when Ethan Hawke is standing on the subway platform with all the other vampires, you smoking the cigarette, and the lights flicker, and all you can see in the dark is all of their. eyes. And like the cherry on his cigarette. Uh, It's. I, I think this. I think this movie has a lot of like uh, old school noir tendencies. It has.
2: It has those tendencies conceptually and like aesthetically in some cases, but largely. Uh, I think I, I said it. I said it to Ben Tease. You said like this movie was made in what 2006. Uh,
0: 2009. 2009.
2: And I yeah. said yeah. Get get ready for a lot of green. Yeah, like it's green
0: and blue. Green
2: yeah. and blue filters on everything. The color correction is so everything is very, 2000s. Everything is well.
0: The- so <laughs> 2000s. <laughs> there is absolutely a tendency uh to light all the vampire stuff as very cold and blue and green and then all the stuff with the humans it's lit orange. very warmly yeah. and orange yeah it's 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 a little on the nose for sure i do think that uh in in that sense like i i really appreciate a lot of the the design aspects uh in this movie
1: yeah and i think the warmth of the human stuff kind of makes it l- a little more dynamic Whereas like the rest of the movie, is a bit cold. Yeah, you know it separates it from something like Underworld or something like that. Where it's purely monochromatic. Yeah, it's
0: not. It's not as dramatic as Underworld. Uh, thank God.
1: Never seen an
2: Underworld.
0: You've never seen an Underworld. I've never
2: seen an Underworld. Oh man.
0: Maybe maybe if I'm feeling particularly uh, 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 masochistic, I'm, someday I might pick what the first Underworld to talk I'm, about.
2: <laughs> i podcast. am i've been okay with never seeing an underworld for a long time if i see one I, it's not a problem like they're, I'm, they're not i'm happy to watch an underworld but i'm also very happy to have not have watched an underworld
0: they're not good yeah um, they're yeah <laughs> i was obsessed with them in like middle school um that was my my big vampire phase in general yeah and you I grew was, up i was i did i did uh and I can I I can rec- look back and recognize that those movies are trash, but I think that in a similar way to like the Resident Evil movies, they're an interesting indication of just like culture at the time. You know, like I'm early,
2: considering like, picking the first Resident Evil at some point. Maybe you can get me back with an Underworld.
0: Yeah. I I mean I think I think the Resident Evil movies are worth talking. I don't I don't want to watch them. But Wait, have you seen the first one? Uh, yeah. Years oh, it's ago. Ben. It's
1: you who hasn't seen the first one. Yeah, I haven't seen the first one. Yeah.
0: We've kind of covered sort of like the the broad world building stuff. Um, I I think we can. <laughs> We've done the
2: macro, let's get into the micro.
0: We can definitely start to get into some of the more nitty-gritty. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that not that a lot of stuff needs to be put under a microscope, but I think we could start talking about things that hurt the world-building, like the lack of a single interesting character in the entire film. <laughs> How
2: do you do that with such a cast? Yeah. How do you really? fuck it up that hard? I,
0: I do think Sam Neill is fun. I think his character is wildly one-note, and I wish they had gone a little bit more cartoonishly evil with him. I think he's... He's a little more understated than I would like. There's uh, so
2: many movies where Sam Neill just, like, choose the scenery, and it's amazing. Ab- yeah. yeah. Like, like, uh, mean, uh, like, recently, Possession, of course. Um, what's the one where they go through the space portal? Uh, 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 Event Horizon. Event Horizon. Like, he's yeah. amazing in Event Horizon. Uh, in and the like, mouth of
0: madness, and yeah. he gives an incredibly mm-hmm. manic performance. Uh, and, and, I mean, like, Willem Dafoe, too. And Of course. His, his character has really nothing do. To- to work with yeah, in
2: this no. movie, he's he's kind of southern, and that's Vague, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, vaguely yeah. southern. His character is named Elvis.
0: Yeah, you can tell that and it's Willem, like a car
2: shop mechanic. And you can tell
0: that Willem Dafoe did not care enough about this movie to really try all that hard. I, I feel like some His of it might accent, have been
2: direction because, like, the character is also supposed to kind of be like you get the vibe. That the character is supposed to be kind of flat in a cool way, and it's just flat in a boring way instead.
0: I know. No, I get the impression that he's supposed to be like the the quirky comic relief character who's like always jibing and quipping, and and he. Does quote unquote a couple of times. He in the says movie, quips. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He says them, but they're bad yeah, and bad. they're not funny. And
2: <laughs> yeah, there's only so yeah. much you can do with a shitty line. Well, like the- we're the guys with the crossbows. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> yo, <laughs> yeah, like that's, that, <laughs> oh, like, yeah, look, that's not a line for Willem Dafoe. Okay, that's a line for Arnold. We're like the guys with like the that's a totally that's what I'm saying. it's like a movie like we're the it, guys it, with the crossbows. It, dude, make this movie in the '80s, right? Like star starring Arnold that's the kind of film I want to see where like, again, like Sam Neill is on the top of like a weird Gothic skyscraper. Like that's the film that's in my head. That's what I want that. Or again, like it's done really seriously. And the dialogue is like, is, is legitimately compelling. And this is an amazing allegory for capitalism, either one. But now we're stuck in this weird middle where the dialogue is just wretched and it has some, dumb fucking ideas too yeah can we
0: get and into those yeah that's the thing
1: with the the characterizations just to cap this off yeah, uh, i i feel like sam neil's character and willem Dafoe's character they are given a little bit of you know attempts at making them more dynamic in the film but they fall flat like yeah. sam neil has his daughter
0: that is a completely unnecessary yeah. subplot yeah
1: and I don't give a shit about any of it throughout.
2: Yeah, it's just to show that evil corporate man is evil.
0: Yeah. Like, cool, we knew that. he has completely lost his humanity by becoming a vampire, but was he really human to begin with? Yeah,
2: it's it's like 20 to 30 minutes of redundancy.
0: Whereas I think that if they must do that subplot, there is potential for it to make Sam Neill's character more interesting. Like, evil is most interesting when it's nuanced because... Can be, yeah. That's how real evil exists in the world like most evil people are not super villains or bond villains some are well but
2: again it's it's the pick a lane thing like like yeah like if he had been more nuanced and like his reasons for trying to like keep like vampirism alive were like felt more legitimate if we actually there there could have been like some some neat stuff there but
0: well if, we or actually got if he the just impression, gone to, like, cackling,
2: like, uh, mustache-twiddling like Sam Neill, that would have been, like, fan fucking If we actually too.
0: got the impression that he cared about his daughter, that would have made that subplot a lot more interesting. Yeah. Whereas, just to cover it in, in broad strokes, we learn that Sam Neill has a daughter who has uh, rejected the idea of vampirism, she chooses to remain human, and she has sort of, like, gone off and disappeared. Sam Neill hasn't seen her in years. We find out that, of course, she's been living with the human resistance. She gets captured and um, Sam Neill asks Ethan Hawke's brother to turn her into a vampire. He does she refuses to drink blood, she becomes a subsider and uh is then exterminated with a bunch of the rest of them. I
2: think uh, I think that the, that whole sequence too like it it was designed to also service and give more depth to Ethan Hawke's brother's character, but that actor was just such a fucking sucks. wet yeah, paper yeah. bag, so bad. as you said earlier't so do I, I think
0: I think you could have made that subplot compelling. And without changing too much, Agreed. I think the way to do it is to still have Sam Neill's daughter captured. Um, you know, maybe he sees her in like a, in like a, a pen where they're keeping the captured humans as like, Oh shit, that's my daughter. He goes in and takes her out, tries to convince her like, Hey, everybody's vampires. Now, like it's dangerous for you as a human. Just let me turn you. And you know, then we can go back to being a family. She refuses then gets turned by Ethan Hawke's brother acting on his own, not under Sam Neill's orders because he's blood-deprived and thirsty.
2: Oh, cool. I like that idea. Yeah, He
0: forcibly turns her through attacking her. Then she can still do the thing where she refuses to drink blood. Sam Neill can be really conflicted and yeah, torn about this. there's a lot this. more drama like, there. Yeah, exactly. And And he can be distraught by her transformation into something monstrous that leads to uh her her execution whereas instead it's like he is just evil tries to turn her for selfish reasons and then is mildly distressed when she refuses to adapt but still orders her to be put down that's a good like bit of script animal. doctoring like I, I like, like that you, you see like that it, it doesn't it doesn't require much it just requires a basic understanding of interesting human interaction yes and invites you to consider that Sam Neil's character used to be a good man mm-hmm. used to be human and has become monstrous has has allowed himself to become monstrous through pursuit of wealth and riches so on and so forth the yeah, writers are not that well the a, writers are not that small. I think well, this a a,
1: is a great microcosm because I think in a lot of respects the grander ideas behind you know what they're going at in this movie are really good. And they would only need minor changes, but they just fumble their way through the the movie. Well,
0: I would say there's a pretty major plot point that we can start talking about that is It's time. A, it's time that does that would need to be completely the, the changed.
2: Dumbest thing ever. I it's will say, so fucking stupid. I, I love say, it.
0: I will say, I think this, and this is a good way to begin this discussion, the film's biggest downfall is that it tries to be too clever. It's not comfortable just being a simple allegory. It feels like it has to have twists. It feels like it needs to be smart. It, In that sense, it has Shyamalan syndrome. Oh, yeah. Terribly.
2: The worst syndrome.
0: Ethan Hawke... <laughs> Uh, we haven't really talked about his character, but he's the head hematologist, the chief hematologist at Sam Neill's, uh, blood bank company. Hematologist. <laughs> He, we find out that he was uh, he was turned hematologist. <laughs> I, we can't do this every time. Uh, we use the word he too many times talking about male characters. Yeah. Hematologist, but what about a shematologist? Am I right, boys? Yeah, what seems, about? Seems pretty sexist that there's yeah, only hematologist. Hmm. Uh, Would it be shematologist or
1: hermatologist? <laughs> Well, a
2: herpetologist is reptiles.
0: It would be hermetologist. Be...
2: Hermetologist is it, it probably is already. something. <laughs> hold on, Google time. You, you keep going. All, all. Like, like hermetics. You know, like like there's there's something to that. Like like a okay nerd. Like, hold on, <laughs> let me, let me this say.
0: went from being funny to being boring. Yeah.
1: Oh well, you know I uh, I do. I you do. do that. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, Hematologist right there.
2: Anyway. hermeticism? Let me see. Let me... There's there's some... There's some things here. No, I'm not done being boring yet. Hold on. Uh, oh, a hermatologist, <sighs> hematologist... Okay, I'm done being boring. Never mind, I lied. Google failed me.
0: <sighs> anyway. was a
2: dermatologist, but
0: that's different. Yep. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> Much like this movie, this podcast was going so good until it got really stupid all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm kidding. This it's been stupid from the beginning. i was
2: about to say it. Let's embrace it. Let's yeah, uh, let's fall into that stupidity. It's never not been stupid. Anyway, we dare to be stupid. Ethan
0: Hawke's character is the chief hematologist at Samuels Blood Bank Company. He is trying to find not only a blood substitute but also a cure. A, for blood-stitute. Vam- a blood substitute. A bloodstitute, Yeah. But he is also trying to find a cure for vampirism.
2: So that vampirism becomes vampirism.
0: Exactly you're on a roll <laughs> Bring yourself back <laughs> he sees vampirism as the unsustainable disease that it is and knows that the only way that we will survive is if we can find a cure for it a substitute uh will not be good enough um so he encounters the the human resistance or whatever there's a lady character who uh is so underwritten and uninteresting that I cannot even remember her name. No. Um, she sends him to meet with Willem Dafoe, who used to be a vampire but now he has what? He's human again? Oh my god,
2: how could he have how could he have become human again? Man, I the, what the, the, what complex series scene, of events, what deep science could have occurred or or perhaps maybe like some sort of moment of humanity changed him into a vampire. Wouldn't that have been incredible? What what could it be? Please tell me what is it that changed him back into a human from being a what what act,
0: what divine act occurred? So, he was depressed Because being a vampire is depressing, and he was driving around in the daytime recklessly... Uh, wasn't watching where he was going and he crashed into the railing outside, like a, like a retention lake or something, and is, uh, ejected through the windshield, uh, which we see in glorious slow motion. Uh, and of course, because it's daytime and he's a vampire, he catches on fire in the sun, right? So he's flying through the air, burning in slow motion crashes into the water inside of like a drainage tunnel on the other side and walks out human again so So in other
2: words this man caught on fire and then immediately like hopped into some water and it was just a person again i love the idea of like almost all of humanity over the course of a decade, becoming vampires, and at no point, not a single vampire who catches on fire in the sunlight takes a dip. In jumped water. into
0: yeah, jumped into the water like, or something. Jumped and, into some water, yeah, put themselves out. Yeah, or like, to like save someone from
1: yeah. burning, just throwing water on them. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> never so happened. It turns yeah.
0: out, it turns out that the miraculous cure for vampirism is to go into the sun, but just for a minute, just for a second, not long enough to die. But just, just long enough for the vampireness to be burned out of your blood. But then, if you put yourself out, you're fine. Now, I don't understand how it works that way, but it doesn't vampires don't just go into the sun. The vampirism is burned out of them and then they're just human. I don't know what having to be on fire for a second and then not being on mm-hmm. fire again does there. Uh, it's not really explained. They they play it off because as- Because they can't
2: explain it.
0: Correct, because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Dumb as shit. Uh, because it's- it's In every it's way. Unbelievably in in no. unbelievably in every stupid. every way. And here's the thing. Here's
2: the thing. If you were going, like, full stupid or if you are going full, like, clever- Either way, you could have made it, like, a divine act. Sure. Like, you have to do some sort of, like, act of humility or, like, something from the heart. You yeah, know, you like, like the, the humanity is within you the whole time. Like, that kind of thing. You could have done something with that, like, uh, you know, but of course, like, framed with less cheesiness. And that would work for either lane you pick. Make it about, like, the heart, you know? Like, make it about, like, what separates a person from a vampire. Or go deep science with it. Like, yeah. do do something that, like, only Ethan Hawke's character could, like, break down and understand. Like, Willem Dafoe's like a- character had something happen to him that he, he doesn't know. He doesn't understand how he became a human either. And you recount these events to Ethan Hawke, and because Ethan Hawke is, like, a smart scientist man, Ethan Hawke, as our protagonist, gets to use his protagonist powers to actually find the cure. But no, no. It, it just would, he, he got hot, so he took a dunk, uh,
0: and and now I, and now he human again. I would, I would even, I would even be okay with something as lazy and cliche as like there's like a chosen child or something. Yeah, like is, a who's, Last who's, of Us, who is born yeah, sure. immune to the virus, and if uh, a vampire drinks their blood, then their immunity passes to them, and it like purges the disease. <sighs> well, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been clever, but. No, it no, would no. Like, but, I but, still, here's the thing here's i still would have like,
2: been okay you, you could have made that fun though because like the idea behind that is cool there's a whole movie there because you have the gifted child willem defoe recognizes that like okay so if vampires bite them right like they turn human but he has to get them at like the epicenter for it to work yeah. otherwise like one person is going to be bit which probably happened to like the gifted child's parents or whatever right mm-hmm. like a few vampires were turned but that's not good enough we have to do it across the board so like willem dafoe has to go on this hero's journey to get this like child to like the epicenter like to the the big gothic skyscraper i keep going back to like they have to go to this place to like like get the child bit there or whatever and of course along the way becomes attached to the child and is like worried about the child dying when it gets bit and Mm -hmm. you've got a whole bit of drama there you've got a whole fucking movie the
0: child only has so much blood so he needs to go to ethan Hawke's. Character to figure out, so he could study the child's blood and figure right. out how but to only synthesize. At, but only at
2: this place can they distribute it through out, the vampire how to synthesize <gasps> a cure for Dude, it. But it's yeah, a fun movie. You have, to,
0: you have to go into like the epicenter of the city and like disperse a gas or something that yeah. like turns everybody Like there's there's, there's so, so many, many ways. There's so many better there's ways. So many ways you could do it. <laughs> but you know that they that the the Spierig brothers were like, we got to come up with something that nobody would ever think of. Like they had to, they had to do something different, which literally
2: anyone can think of.
0: But in doing so, well, no, I don't think anybody would have ever thought of this because it's complete nonsense. Yeah, like, like I, opens, I think their
2: excuse for it was probably like something like, "It's so simple, it just might work." But it's like, no, it's too it, simple. It, it's like dirt all it simple. does,
0: even what it's, it's asking you to not think about it in a
2: movie with tons but of they, world but building, but they're asking you to they think go about an, it
0: into enough detail about the process that it demands that you think about it. Mm-hmm. And the problem mm-hmm. is that all it does is create more questions because it is rife for just poking a shitload of holes in it because it doesn't make any goddamn sense at all.
2: It's dumb as rocks, and, man. And yeah. I, yeah. I remember,
0: I remember, uh, uh, being uh I guess I would have been 16 when this movie came out and seeing it in the theater and being in love with it until the moment that Willem <laughs> Dafoe f- crashed into that barricade and flew through the air on fire and came out a human again. Like, 16 year old me was dumb and uncultured enough to overlook all of the other like little stupid things, the uninteresting characters, uh, you know, some of the uninspired decisions, and I was just so sold until that moment, and then even 16 year old me was like, this this is completely... <laughs> this is completely stupid. Yeah. Like, utterly moronic.
2: Yeah. And like, Point of no return. Like, you can't come back from that like, kind if of a, dip like, if a
0: teenager, Like, if a teenager thinks that something like that is dumb, then you know that you've really fucked up. Yeah. yeah. You've really fucked up. And the thing is, too, and I think this is part of the reason why this film has slipped uh, so heavily into obscurity, is... Because this revelation happens like halfway through the movie. It isn't something that happens at the very end and you can say, oh, yeah, the rest of the movie is really good. It just gets kind of stupid at the ending. Like, this starts getting incredibly stupid (laughs) fully halfway through the movie. And then you've got the whole second half of the movie that is... uh, Where you just have to sit there. Where you just have to sit there and just watch them just continue to stack bricks of doo-doo on top of this doo-doo foundation that they've laid. do not
1: you know? need to see a twenty minute montage of them building a fucking dunk tank. For yes, Ethan
0: oh my god. Yeah, that's that's so fucking stupid how Which, they again, like they if they there had been, been like some to, kind of like god. cool
1: science behind it would have been great. Sure.
2: You know, like like that's all it would have taken. It's just like like them yeah, trying to replicate like this like weird series of events. But it's it's a dumb series of events. Yeah, they, so it's th- like why are we even here?
0: Yeah, to 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 replicate what happened to Willem Dafoe, they they modify a wine fermentation tank. They set up like mirrors to direct the sun into it, and they have Willem Dafoe open a hatch, briefly set Ethan Hawke on fire, and then close it. And they, because uh, the the tank is pressurized, they suck the fire out of the room, and he's wrapped in a wet blanket. And they have to do it three times, the magic number, do, to make it effective. You know
2: who could have, like, directed this movie um, and given it, like, smart, dumb guy energy really well? Christopher Nolan.
0: Like, <laughs> like... God, I cannot imagine this movie made by Christopher Nolan. Like, like, no,
2: I'm just imagining, like, like Inception bros, like, being like, yo, dude, it's a metaphor for capitalism, man, like... Oh. At least, at least then. I don't least know. Least I, I would feel like I would thin... like it less. No, probably, but like, do you see what I mean? It would have been more successful. It would, it would have, have, it would have, it would
0: like... have had the, it would have had the thin veneer of being smart. Yeah, it would well, have at least been entertaining.
1: Probably just as head ass. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, the man. thing. Yeah.
0: Well, that's that's the thing. Is uh, I Christopher think...
2: Nolan is the easiest solution for this.
1: Well, film.
0: here's here's the thing about what I'll say about Christopher Nolan is that his movies are not deep. No. Uh, but he's really good at convincing people that they are yeah he's I, and I think that it's his particular talent as a filmmaker is convincing people that his ideas are much smarter than they are. yeah, like, like his
2: movies feel deep while still appealing to the general populace and i don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that
0: I don't either, and I like a lot of Christopher Nolan's same stuff, yeah, but, they're fun I, I, think, they're, I think I mean that,
2: just, you just recognize they're not deep, like but they're fun movies. I
0: think that he would have taken a premise like this. And probably done a better job of tricking people into thinking that it wasn't this completely one's saying, stupid. Exactly, because yes. like there's, I, I don't think there's any way you can spin the actual events of this movie in not just a completely head ass way. <laughs> um, it's 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 dumber than a lot of Shyamalan's twists. It, yes. Um,
2: well, I mean, it's also like it's kind of the same twist as uh um what is it uh what's what's the one where aliens are weak to water yeah (laughs) it's kind of the same twist as signs which also signs is dumb as shit but you know what are you gonna do
0: well and and the thing is too is that they they feel like they have to layer an additional twist on top of the the halfway twist because not only does the sun, uh, being on fire for just a second, cure you of vampirism, then once a vampire drinks the blood of somebody who has been cured of vampirism, then that cure also spreads. So somehow the magical power of the sun goes into their bloodstream, and if a vampire drinks it, they absorb that magical sun power into their own bodies purging the the vampire virus from their own blood and that ends up being the crux of the movie is we can we can spread the cure en masse by basically uh, suicide bombing ourselves into densely populated vampire areas to make them eat us, and then the vampires will eat them, and then the vampires will eat them until eventually everybody's not a vampire anymore. (laughs) But a lot of people have to die for that to work.
2: Most... Yeah, Because, like,
0: we, like, at at this point, like, even the vampire stormtroopers are, like, blood-deprived enough that they're on their way feral. That, like, once, you know, they they swarm like piranhas.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I just had an epiphany. Like, I think I know what the dumb deep science version of this would have been. Oh, Is if Willem Dafoe had crashed his car into an Italian bakery and, uh... <laughs> Okay, so dig this,
0: right?
2: He crashes car into an Italian bakery, killing someone. And what you find out is that the person he killed was a priest. And he got priest blood all over him, a.k.a. holy water. And so, like, he gets holy water on him and also garlic because Italian bakery. And that's what turns him. And so it's the perfect combination of the two at just the right time. And that is the solution. No, no, no! I uh, know he has to dunk himself in like the bread making water, which for whatever re- reason has garlic in it. I don't know how bread's made, but like the the you it's know like that yeah 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 yeah. It's, it's just you dunk dunk in like, garlic yeah, there's water. water. There's yeah.
0: garlic water. You dip the dough in it, and then the bread is made. Yeah,
2: yeah. well, like yeah, and uh, that's that's my that's my. That's it's my, like those
0: it's like those little pill. It's like those little capsules that you put them in water, and the case dissolves, and then it becomes a dinosaur sponge. Um, it's like how, that for bread, but that, bread. Yeah, that's how bread is made. You uh, you roll up some dough, you plop it into some garlic water, and then you just leave it for a little while. You come back, it's turned into bread. It's done, yeah.
2: Yeah, and the is it that uh, French bread is... And croissants are made in the same way, but it's a little bit different on the timing. It's just enough time to have a cigarette break. Yeah, uh, it's
0: water that's been pissed in by a pedophile instead of garlic. Water. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> oh dear,
2: uh, uh, French listeners, we apologize, uh, or at least I do. Uh, okay, I won't speak for uh, the boys. But anyway, all right, back on, back on target. <laughs>
0: um, are there any particular scenes y'all want to hit? Like, I feel like we've we've covered a lot of
2: uh, Sam Neil getting murdered in the elevator. Has a fun head practical.
1: I want to talk yeah. about that general climactic sequence, sure, of, because that's the the only. I mean, there's a couple of action set pieces you could say, but that's the only like major action set piece that really goes yeah. above and beyond and has a bunch of carnage. Yeah, and other than, other
0: than like when Sam Neil's daughter and the the other humans get captured, like that's. Kind of an action yeah. sequence where you've got, and like you have the, the
1: chase, the car chase sequence, Oh! which is kind of fun. Well,
0: I, we absolutely must mention in the car chase sequence how they get away because <laughs> there's like a like a an old wooden. Oh my god! I forgot that is partially collapsed. So just the two the the iron beams uh, go going across are left, and Willem Dafoe grinds his car across it like a skateboard and then the the vampire hums The tires on his
2: car have like auto repair
0: yeah, for some reason they're popped and he pushes a button and they reinflate. Uh, which, yeah, but like head ass. He, I kind of love it though. He grinds the car across the rail like a fucking skateboard, and then the vampire soldiers in the Humvee behind try to drive, try to do the same thing, and the bridge collapses and the the uh, like railroad ties are like driven into the windshield.
2: In in like some terrible CG. Yeah, holy shit! I, the I compositing is so bad
0: because like when they go through the windshield like blood erupts from the windshield and then the whole Humvee explodes for some reason. Yeah, it's yeah. like the
2: beams go through the windshield like just into the like the hollow car and, the, and, and the then car it blows, blows up. up. Okay,
0: honestly. Which is rad, which what, is rad. The
1: One thing about the action it's in dumb, this movie rad. that I kind of love is the vampires are constantly exploding.
0: Yes, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, that's a good all point. Of, all of the humans have, uh, instead of guns, they have crossbows that fire stakes and when they hit vampires, they die, they explode. Yeah, when stake so vampires
2: just... get hit, they, yeah, they just blow the fire. Up. And like, there's a lot they, of it's just
0: like the blade doesn't blade do something similar with that? They they kind of disintegrate. Uh yeah. they they yeah, they kinda of burst into flame and disintegrate, but they don't explode as uh dramatically as the vampires do in this movie which is very funny and especially at the end when Ethan Hawke is running around with like the the chair leg just like staking vampires through the heart and they're blowing up uh those effects look terrible <laughs> it looks
1: so yeah, bad. but it is really fun it's, it's so really bad really it's fun. good like yeah. this
2: movie is has a lot of so bad it's good energy like I, really I, again like I was concern going into it being like oh my god here's daybreakers like again uh, and then no i i was laughing through most of it like like it is it, it, it does capture like a so bad
1: it's good vibe in, in a lot of ways
0: yeah absolutely you wanted to talk more about the the scene at the end Did yeah you because i it?
1: think it kind of shows off its budget right where you know you have a ton of vampires flooding in and uh you have the great scene once sam neill's turned human and this in the elevator. Yeah, said oh, Hawk oh. tricks
2: him. I've got a term for them. Special forces.
1: Oh, okay. Well little close to vor but... <laughs> what's well, the idea they eat. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> God, no. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I thought that whole sequence was super fun. It seemed like they were using a lot of squibs. That and is practical the, blood, which was
0: fun. That's what I will say.
1: Uh, Sam Neil's, you know, head gets <laughs> ripped off, which is,
0: and it's an it's an actual uh, like fake head, yeah, which is which awesome, looks, which looks good. Um, yeah, I, I I do think that that is definitely to this film's credit that despite its bad explode CG explosions, um, anytime there's like a, a a blood effect like that's always practical they're always using squibs uh and that's something that i i do really appreciate and i like i it's pretty stupid but i do like the scene right before that too where ethan hawk tricks uh sam neill into into biting him uh so he he then cures himself and then is torn apart in the elevator it's 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 a dumb scene, but I thought it was fun. Um, one scene that I do actually think is is worth mentioning because I think that it's maybe the most well done scene in the movie, in my opinion. From like a, a, a strictly like serious perspective, is the scene early on uh, where the uh, the the subsider gets into uh, Ethan Hawke's house when he's having the argument with his brother. I I think that that scene is is actually pretty effective.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it would have been too uh, even more so if his brother like wasn't so flat. Like both in dialogue and also Oh delivery. yeah, well their
0: their fight is is stupid and boring i don't care about it and if there had been like like,
2: good drama there leading up to that moment could have been but but
0: ethan hawk's brother goes to storm out and he's like walking into the towards the darkened hallway and then like the the creature just sort of like lunges out of the hall and attacks him it like notices the shattered uh uh bot because he threw the bottle of blood at the wall so there's like blood dripping down and the way it like walks up and is like licking the blood off the wall and it like scratches the wall with its big bat talon thing... I think that's all really like cool, no, it, it, spooky vampire it, horror stuff. It's rad and fun, uh, yeah. And, and like the the makeup effects in in that scene are pretty good. There is some very bad CG in the same scene when it jumps up onto the ceiling. Mm, um, yeah. That looks terrible, but I think that that scene is is cool. And you know, it ends with uh, the the noir, the LA noir vampire cops coming to investigate. Um, press X and, to doubt. Yeah, press X to doubt.
2: Press X to drink.
0: And uh, and Ethan Hawke realizes that that was that was one of his neighbors, you know, somebody who's who's you know more upper middle class, somebody who should have access to blood, you know, and that's that's what kind of like really gets him. Desperate to to try to find a solution, I I thought I thought that scene was 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 great. It's it's so weird because there's like it's it's like two movies in one. You know, there's this uh, really uh, interesting and provocative, if uh, heavy-handed, spooky modern vampire movie, and then there's just complete. (laughs) Dumbass, bullshit, nonsense.
2: <laughs> um, well, I think I think we've hit a lot of the good points. What uh, anything else before we wrap it?
1: One tangent that I, I'd love to talk about quickly is earlier today. Actually, I watched this movie, Predestination. I didn't realize it until I was. 15 or 20 minutes in, but it's actually written and directed by the Sparrick Brothers as well. Whoa, what a weird happenstance, like in the same week. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't even, you know, intend to watch it because of that. If you think this movie is (laughs) head-ass, I have a movie for you, because that movie is Is it the
2: prequel to the Final Destination franchise?
1: (laughs) No, it is a head ass time travel
2: movie. Oh uh, well I mean what, Sorry, what time travel movie isn't
1: I wanna spoil this just slightly because Go for it. It, I'm never gonna watch it. Yeah, it is no, the please. most baffling. Okay, so Ethan Hawk plays kind of a an assigned Fed who goes back and kills mass murderers back in time. And so he goes like minority report. Yeah, he he works at this bar oh, for Looper. some reason and uh, Sarah Snook comes in playing a man and she recounts her whole backstory to him from like birth to (laughs) to then, And uh, she talks about how she was a woman until she had a baby and the doctors found out she was intersex and had both organs and they had to give her a hysterectomy after the birth and turn her into a man. What what? And then they go back in time, you know, Ethan Hawke takes her back in time and it turns out her lover who impregnated her was actually him. Oh, it was uh Sarah Snook as a man impregnating Sarah Snook what? as a woman. <laughs> and they didn't realize the resemblance, I guess. Oh and my turns God. out uh Ethan Hawke was uh, a special agent because he was born out of time. Because it was he's the Sarah, he's, Sarah he's the Snook. child. Sarah Snook <laughs> oh the man God. and Sarah Snook the woman. Uh, you know, time traveling and creating a paradox, and he
0: was born out of a paradox. Oh my god. It, okay. I truly the most head ass. Maybe the Spirit brothers are actually <laughs> Maybe they're actually brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck. Bob's that's so stupid. stupid. Yeah, I guess a couple of things just. Uh, uh, other fun things about daybreakers uh, just to wrap up. Uh, I like the scene where they're testing the blood substitute at the beginning because they, they you know they have the the volunteer like hooked up to all this machinery. He's hooked up to an EKG, but since they're vampires, like it's just constantly flatlining. Okay, that's pretty en- good. entirely defeating the purpose of the EKG, <laughs> uh, which I think is is a very fun little world-building thing. Uh, I love when we see the video of the them testing the blood substitute on monkeys. The the chimps are also vampires. They're just regular chimps, but with big vampire fangs. Uh, so you've got Moncula or um, Chimpferatu, whichever you prefer. Oh. I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah in in the scene where they test the blood substitute Dracula lemur <laughs> well it wasn't definitely wasn't a lemur I know, um, just, you know. but I mean Working if, with what I've got if primates can, if all primates can uh, become vampires then there's nothing that says there aren't some vampire lemurs out there mm-hmm. I like that that scene ends with the test subject who they're testing the blood substitute on just exploding. A a nice gore Mm explosion that's very fun, and they're watching a lot
2: of Garth Ennis stuff lately between the Boys and Preacher, and uh, I do love a good blood explosion.
0: Yeah, can't go wrong with a blood explosion, especially one. All the other edgy uh, stuff aside, especially one that that, that uses practicals and they're actually throwing blood on people. Definitely to the film's credit, but um, other than that, yeah, I think that that about covers all of the the shit. The movie ends with. Um, You know, Ethan Hawke's brother sacrificing himself and being torn apart by a bunch of his uh, comrade soldier vampires who then become human and are torn apart by more vampires, so on and so forth.
2: And the cycle is complete.
0: The cycle is complete. Uh, When Ethan Hawke uh, turns Sam Neill, he has maybe the greatest one-liner ever written for a movie. Uh, Welcome back to humanity. Now you get to die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually not a good line but i love it um, ends, again imagine
2: that line delivered by arnold
0: it ends in the yeah oh my god yeah we'll welcome back
2: to line. humanity now, now you,
0: get you get to die it's so true it's so true <laughs> yeah. um and then the movie ends with uh them driving off into the sunrise with a uh, voiceover that say now there's hope we have a cure, and then a bat flies at the screen <laughs> and, uh, and roll credits. But yeah, that's that's all I got. Uh, do y'all are y'all ready to rate? Yeah, you have yeah. Stuff? Okay. Oh wait, what am I going to rate this movie? God, well, you I you thought about it. You can think y'all about go, it because go I'm gonna I'm gonna start. Um, like I said, I I can't entirely explain my fascination with this movie uh i think i've i've done a decent job of uh breaking down a lot of the things i like about this movie i don't know why i find it so alluring alluring why like because i i think about this movie a lot Um, (laughs) and it's 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 not a good movie uh, but I do think like it's a fascinating little cultural touchstone from 2009. It something really that is has, almost
2: a good movie.
0: That's the thing. It's it is. It's almost a good movie, and it's that it's and, a terrible movie. And most of and most of the time when a movie is almost good but it's bad, it pisses me off because like the the missed potential frustrates me but for some reason that's not the case in this movie like for some reason I'm able to still really like the good things it does and also kind of have fun with the stuff that it does really badly uh, and you know I'm I'm fully, willing to recognize that this is a bad film and i think that it has sort of rightfully slipped into obscurity like i don't blame people for not giving a shit about daybreakers (laughs) um but at the same time like it's there's there's something there's something really special about it uh to me um, I'm gonna give it a three out of five. Uh, it's not a good movie, but it's 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 interesting. Yeah. Uh,
2: Did all that that's what I I, I, I was sitting there uh, during your whole explanation, and that that's the that's what I came to also. Like I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna mirror that as well. It's a three. It's a it, you know it's a solid three out of five. It, just a little above average. A really fucking great movie could have could have been there. Yeah. I, I really do. I really do believe that. Um, and it is like entertaining enough to watch. And when it, it it's so ass, it's hilarious like also, like i was only, we we're getting belly laughs out of like how fucking 90, dumb that one is it's only 90
0: oh, yeah, it's it's, so it's
2: really short too before, like it's it,
0: before before you can get really frustrated with it it's over
2: yeah it's it's over It's done yeah. yeah a three I, I feel comfortable giving it a three as well
0: then yeah and
1: i i going off of what you guys say i would much rather take you know a movie like this where it's kind of schlocky dumb exploitation over something that's cynically made you know mm-hmm. a la <laughs> conjuring 75 yes i agree um, you know at least they try for high concept and they pay attention to you know world building details and i really appreciate that again this movie is very head-ass and i think these directors are that's their shtick. I Clearly. you know, uh, originally when after we watched this, I I feel like I gave it a three and a half, but I'm going to pull it down to a three as well. I think, you know, some of the, the negative qualities really come out on yeah. further exp- inspection and especially after seeing another one of their movies. I don't think these guys are good directors. <laughs> no.
0: Well, that'll that'll give Daybreakers a unanimous three out of five. And I, I think that that's really right where it needs to be, uh, because I would feel guilty giving it anything higher. But at the same time, despite the fact that it's a bad movie, I do feel comfortable enough saying that I like this film. And I think that I would tentatively recommend it to people just because it's interesting the recommendation would come with major caveats um like expect the stupidity expect a lot of it to not make sense but i I do appreciate like you said ben that these filmmakers took a risk uh i don't think it ultimately paid off in the way that they were hoping but i agree with you I would rather filmmakers take risks and kind of fail than just make safe, uninspired, conjuring verse movies that are guaranteed to to make some kind of box office, but that are not really offering anything to the genre. Cause I do think this I do think Daybreakers ultimately has something to offer to the horror genre. It's a recommendation from me, check it out. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, don't go into it expecting a great film because you won't get one. But uh, it's it's interesting. Anyway, next week we are going to be talking about a new movie, a brand new movie, Return to Monkey. Re- we are uh, rejecting modernity and embracing tradition and returning to Monk. Uh, it's it's time for it's time for Godzilla vs. Kong. It's it's coming out on HBO Max. Uh, we're gonna watch it and we gonna talk about it. All I can say is that I hope it is more in the vein of Kong Skull Island and less in the vein of Godzilla King of the Monsters. We shall see. Do we have a sponsor this week, Cleve?
2: Oh fuck. Uh yeah, this episode was brought to you by Blood Begump Shrimp. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's it. <laughs> That's all it needs to be. Yeah. If you like this show of ours and you're a fan of Blood the Gum Shrimp, how could you not be? Um, be sure to uh, hit the five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a couple of words as a review. Doesn't have to be much. Uh, just a few for a review. Just a few for a review. It helps a lot, and we really appreciate it. You can follow us on Twitter at PodPeoplePod, and you can check out our Letterboxd at com slash PodPeoplePod, where you'll find a list of all the movies we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and our links to those episodes. I'm on Twitter at some spooky snake. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets.
2: And I'm tweeting for Light Arc Studios. We put out progress on its stairs back. You know the drill. Go check it out. And if you have already checked it out, hit us up on Discord. And uh, let us know what you think about it. We'd love to – well, I'd love to conversate with you about, about our, our spooky horror strategy game. And uh, you can also check out my work on ArtStation if you search Cleveland Mosier for all sorts of creepy, spooky pictures and paintings. Um, uh, and occasionally I do a little, little paint for people. But uh, right now I'm doing all sorts of fun work on the lovely horror collection, uh, the DreadX collection, The Hunt. <laughs> um, uh, and you can, uh, you can check that out as well. Um, uh, and please do, please do. It's a great, DreadXP, XP are a great, great fucking indie studio. And, uh, yeah, they, they need all the love and support they can get. Uh, and that is all from me.
0: Yep. Uh big second on support indie in, uh, all regards. Do, do the thing. And, uh, yeah, come back next week, uh, to listen to us talk about a big, radioactive iguana fighting a big monk big big old monkey Mm um all right bye